Well, let's welcome you back to This Week in the Association. I'm Rob Panier, joined once again by my good buddy, Kevin Luco. This week, Kevin and I are honored to welcome, to the first, for the first time to our show, Nate Gherkin. Nate, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. Well, I, I, I didn't have a specific team attached to you, Nate, so shall, can, we, can we say you're going to be with somebody this year, or you haven't officially signed that yet? Yeah, give um, us a scoop. I haven't officially signed it yet. Um, Two City's always in the mix. Um, the plan was to maybe see if Mexico's an option, um, but the closer it gets to the plan, I think you guys will find out shortly here where I'm going. Well, all right. That's what we like to hear. Do, do we get a scoop? Or are you going to give us a little, uh, at some, before you actually sign, are you going to give us a little heads up? Yeah, I'll give, I'll make sure you get a heads up. <laughs> all right. We're right on. That'll be our first ever. <laughs> first ever. Awesome. Well, we know, we, we know it will be a team. <laughs> yeah, let's that's hope. right. Let's hope I can still get on the team. Well, Nate, before diving into next season, uh, obviously, tragic news a couple weeks ago about Matt Tobarenko. I, I know the two of you were like brothers, and and, and so we just want to kind of talk with you a little bit about, it, it, you know, you've had a couple weeks to think about this. Your thoughts on what on the news and and Matt in particular? Um, I mean, still kind of in shock. Um, it was very unexpected and, and still no real answers to what, what caused it or, or anything like that. Um, and just trying to process moving forward and helping the family and the girlfriend and all that stuff. And as far as baseball, um, especially if I go back to Sioux city, obviously it'll be tough, but just the day to day, the day to day activities of, uh, our interactions and our relationship are going to be hard to get over that's for sure yeah uh, if you wouldn't mind could you just share you know your thoughts about matt as, as a person and and your, your time being around him down in the bullpen things like that oh i mean we everybody who saw us together would say we were one and the same person but i thought we were kind of opposites in the sense of personality and all that stuff he was he was the animated one on the field and, and loved the attention, and he'd always give me crap for being nonchalant and kind of stone-faced out there. But uh, clubhouse, dugout, bullpen, just the guy you want on your team. You probably hate him if you're playing against them, but you love if you have him. Um, just the life of the party. Uh, competed like no other and just loved going out there every day and and doing well and uh, helping his team win. You spent a lot of time down at that bullpen with Matt, and, and I know, you know, I think a lot of fans don't really understand the, the, the relationship that you built down there because you guys are sitting for a lot of times five or six, just kind of watching the game, enjoying chatting with one another. So what, what is the atmosphere really like down there in the bullpen for you guys? Uh, the atmosphere for us is a little bit different for other people. Uh, me and him are usually in our own world until about the sixth inning and then depending on the score we'll get locked in but we're usually trying to help the younger guys out and um, keep them in the game and and in the loop but me and him are keeping it light and fun and joking but also um, we have a job to do and we're trying to keep it serious but uh, one of the funnier examples of that is Bobby Post that I don't know what year it was it might have been 20 or 21 that a couple of the new guys came up to him and said, hey, um, why does Jerk and Pobo get to sit in the dugout or why do they get to do this and, and all that stuff? And he just kind of laughed and said, that's just what they do. <laughs> nice. Now, looking ahead to this season, does – I mean, you talked about it. it's kind of hard to, to to go back to Sioux City with, with all these memories. Does that influence your decision at all, or that really has no bearing on your decision on where you would go? Uh, as far as what? Where, where you would sign for this upcoming season. Does that kind of the heart of returning back to, to, to Sioux City, does that, that make it a little too tough for those memories, or that really does not influence your decision for playing this year? Um, I mean, to be honest, the goal was, to go down and play with him in Mexico, um, and we were that was in the works. Um, but as far as going back to Sioux City, I think one it would be tough, obviously, but um, I think it'd be, be good to go there and 
and with the memories and Bobby and Mongo and um, I think it'd be good to to go back there. I don't think that would deter me from going back there by any means. I imagine in a time like this too that maybe there's a if you're going to be pitching in the states, there's probably a comfort level being with guys that you've been down the road with before, and it would just probably makes the whole adjustment to a man no longer being there a little bit more tolerable, wouldn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the baseball world, you become close and everybody's like family, but uh, playing with some guys you, you're familiar with, and whether that be coaches or players, it always makes it a little bit easier. Well, let's talk about Mexico for this year, Nate. Uh, obviously a great opportunity, and I know they pay a lot more than you would earn in the American Association. Um, are there other things that kind of draw you to that, that you find Mexico is a good spot for you for this year? Um, honestly, the two things that was drawing me to Mexico was Matt and the money. Um, I think other than that, I think baseball is baseball. Uh, everybody always <clears throat> says, why do you keep going back to Sea City and would ask me and Matt that all the time, and it's, not really Sioux City that's bringing us back, but it's Bobby and Mongo and and everybody else on the team and stuff like that. So I had conversations with Matt all the time. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm cut out for this like you are. And he goes, well, I'll just come down here and try it. And he goes, come play with me and and see if you like it. I'm like, well, that's not really fair because if you're there, I was like, we'll we'll find a way to get through it. <laughs> You know, a few years ago when you first came to Sioux City, I remember you talking to me about the fact that you felt your arm was, I think about, I think the word you told me was about 85%. So do you feel like completely healthy now and entering this season ready to, to, to fire it all up? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a little bit of the frustrating part, too, is last year uh, Matt came back from Mexico and then I was I was down for, I think, five or six weeks with a knee injury. Um we started getting it back towards the end of the season. Uh, I threw the ball well at the end of that season. And then this year, uh, the knee feels great. The arm feels good. And uh, everything feels back to the way it was. So it was going to be a good year. It is going to be a good year wherever I end up. Um, the elbow has been fine since surgery. Um, it's just a little nagging here and there um, just due to the appearances. When Matt came back to Sioux City last year, to the shock of a lot of us, instead of taking that late inning job over that he usually had, he joined the starting rotation. Was that a surprise to you? And do you know if that was something that he was looking at doing in the future? Um, it was not a shock to me. It was a shock to everyone else. Um, he had we had talked about and joked about, uh, I've done this closing thing for long enough. I just want to see if I can start. And him being who he was, he showed up. And I think his first outing, he went five innings with one hit and struck out 10 against the Chicago Dogs. Um, he kind of just was over the closing thing and wanted to see if he could be a starter and, and see if that opened up any more doors for him. But he was too stubborn to not be good at anything he did. So it was, it was a shock to a lot of people, but, I mean, I've seen him throw four innings in the closing role, so going five or six at a starting role wasn't too much different. Now, have you pitched in Mexico before? No, I have not. Okay. Are you kind of thinking that you may give a, a, a start, of, a, you know, get a couple of starts in to see if that's a track for you to get uh, a better opportunity back toward affiliate ball or you, the bullpen is a spot for you? Um, we joked about that. Um, me and him both started in college and we always joked about ah, this eighth, ninth inning thing's getting boring. Let's just see if we can start. Um, at this point in my career, I don't know many guys who can, who can go from closing and then turn it around at 31 and, and be as successful as he was at starting. Um, Wherever I end up, I'll probably just stick to the back end of the bullpen and um, pitch where I'm comfortable at. But to see somebody that just go out there and just – he was strictly doing it just to see if he could and probably had his best year of his career as a starter. 
uh, was kind of insane to watch. I have to imagine, though, if you were both in the rotation, then that's three full days of the week where neither one of you know for sure that you're not pitching. How much are you going to affect the young guys in the bullpen if they got to listen to you guys the entire game? Uh, it wouldn't be the guys in the bullpen. I think the dugout would get tired of us first. <laughs> they got They'd probably send you out there to get, a, get you away. Yeah, now there was, there was a few times where the position players or hitting coach would just be like, can those guys go to the bullpen yet? <laughs> and, I mean, it didn't matter if it was the other team or the umpires or our own team. We let everybody have it. You know, it's funny because Steve Montgomery always says such a, a you know that that death stare going on the, in the dugout and and watching you guys down there just kind of enjoying yourself. It looked like the complete oxymoron kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it's it's surreal to watch him so serious and the two of you just enjoying yourself. It must have been kind of interesting for him to watch. You know, why are these guys having so much fun when I'm so serious about this game? Yeah, no, I mean, we got that death there a couple times because, I mean, we were up until about the fourth inning just whatever we were doing at the time. Um, but as soon as we came out of the dugout in the fifth or sixth when we had our stuff on, I was like, that, the joking stopped, and that's what everybody always told us. They go, we've never seen anybody be able to turn it on and off like you two, and we never thought much of it. That's just That's just what we did. I mean, we... We knew we weren't pitching before the fifth inning anyway, um, so there's no reason to to lock it in or be too serious. Now, you talked to us about the fact that you wanted to get in an opportunity to close games. You were even kind of joking with that about with Matt for a few years. Are, are, do you expect to go down to Mexico and have that kind of role, or wherever you wind up this season, are you looking to close this year? Um, I'd always... I've always said I'd love to close. Um, I've done pretty well in the eighth inning the last couple of years. And to be honest, anywhere I go, I'm always a team guy. I'll pitch in whatever inning um, they need me to. Um, obviously, when Matt was there, it was a running joke of I never got a save, but he wouldn't have got very many saves if I wasn't pitching before him. So... Um, Did you ever use the cliche that sometimes you have to save the game in the eighth inning if you want to get to the ninth? Yeah, I mean, Mongo told him that all the time. Mongo goes, well, technically it's harder to be the eighth inning guy than it is to be the closer. <laughs> and Matt would be like, oh, anybody can pitch in the eighth inning. Um, we always used to joke, too, about I don't know if it was, it was 19 or 21 when he won pitcher of the month. Um, he, oh, he didn't let me hear the end of that one. But Mongo called us in the office, and, so, I mean, innings pitched, hits given up throughout the board. I had better numbers than he did, but he was the closer and had the save. And he just kind of giggled and walked out of the office. He goes, huh, he goes, you're the setup guy. Nobody cares. <laughs> wow. So I mean, most of our banter was between me and him competitiveness. And then the 80% of the time, the other people got it. But uh, me and him were pretty competitive, and I think it just made made us that much better. Uh, there'd be a few times where I'd come into the eighth inning before I'd even throw a pitch in the game. He'd get up to warm up. And he knew that uh, I didn't like that too much. And I'd come in the, I'd come in the dugout and be like, Bobby, what, what are you doing? He goes, what are you talking about? I was like, why was Pove up warming up? He goes, I didn't tell him to do that. <laughs> so just little things like that that we just kind of go back and forth with that not a lot of people will do to each other, especially mid-game, but I'm going to miss that. I yeah. guess it could be worse. He could have been standing on the bullpen waving a white flag or something, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Nate, I, I, I'm kind of curious at this point, what do you, what do you want from your career at this time? You know, you've had a lot of success in the American Association. You know, a couple of nagging injuries have slowed your progress. I'm sure from where you'd like to be, but what what's the eventual outcome you'd like for yourself right now? Um, to be honest, I think looking at this year, um, I just want to finish out a complete healthy year. Any year that I've been healthy, 
for the whole season, um, usually top five in appearances and uh, helping my team win. So, honestly, I'm just looking for a healthy season, and whatever comes of that comes of that. Um, if I'm throwing the ball the way I know, can, know I can, um, and being successful, that's all I can really ask for as long as I'm healthy. Are you changing your preparation at all for this season to, to try to reach that goal? Yeah. Um, with the nagging knee and um, the year before, too, my stuff hasn't been at the level I'd want it to be as it was in 19. Uh, but just getting back to kind of the way I trained in 19 and, and getting back to doing that, and me and Bobby Post going over videos and, and just making sure that Wherever I end up, my stuff is at the level that it should be um, and just being consistent because that's what's been bugging me the last couple of years is the stuff's been good. It's just been a little inconsistent, and you can't be inconsistent in the back end of the pen. So, uh, you know, I know the guys nowadays, they don't really take any time off. You're, you're always training, so, but are, you, you you played winter ball a couple of years ago. Was there a thought about doing something like that, or you wanted to give your, your knee a rest to to really kind of get into this year? Um, yeah, I think that had a little bit to do with it. Um, just coming off a year where I was injured, I figured um, I'd stay home and, and just kind of rehab it and get bigger and stronger and kind of go not back to the drawing board, but back to what I know works. And uh, winter ball was fun, but... Uh, not a lot of people can go from summer straight to winter, uh, but I know a few people that have. Now, if you don't mind with us, we, we want to talk a little bit about last season with you. Um, kind of a, 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 a odd ending to the year. What, what, what was that like for that, to be in that dugout on the last day of the season? <clears throat> um, it was kind of shocking. Um, we knew going into that series, what, did we only have to win one of those four games? Um, and it kind of just, as the first two games went on, you kind of started thinking that, okay, well, there's just no way that this can happen. And then I don't think, I think I might have had one appearance in that, that game. Um, we never really had the lead. And I think at the end of the day, it just wasn't meant to be. Um, Lincoln ended up beating us, but I don't think we did a we did a good job just getting in that position to where we had a chance. But I don't think we deserved to be in that year. Um, and the last three years in Sioux City, we've made the playoffs twice, and last year we didn't. But we're always kind of right there. Um, and hopefully this year, if I end up back in Sioux City, we can put it together and actually get over that hump finally. Was it kind of really weird seeing Nate Sampson over there in that other dugout? Uh, yeah, it was weird. Um, I think Sampson kind of took it a little personal, um, as anybody would in his situation. Um, not personal towards his teammates by any means, but towards the coaching staff a little bit. And If I was in his shoes, I would have done the same thing. Um, I actually ended up facing, facing Sampson, I think, in my only appearance against them. And, uh, just kind of gave each other a head nod and, and smiled, but he knew it was it was game time, and he's a good competitor. I mean, I think he's – I don't know what year this is going on him, but he's done it a while, and while he was in Sioux City, we were pretty good friends, and he was my shortstop, and I wish nothing but the best for him. I think he's back in Lincoln. Is that right? Yes, he is. Yeah. So in a situation like that where Samson has played behind you for so long and now you're facing him in a game situation, who has the advantage there? Does he have an advantage knowing everything you you throw or do you, have you seen him hit enough where you think, okay, I know how, how I can get him out? Um, I always think I can get anybody out. Um, but me and Samson had joked about it for the three years that we played together, and I always told him that if I faced him, because the last couple of years I've thrown probably 70% sliders, and I told him, I go, well, if we ever face each other, I was like, you'll get a first-pitch fastball, and then that'll be about it. 
And I gave it to him, and he fouled it off, and he kind of smiled at me, and I'm like, okay, well, there's your one. Um, but, no, I mean, it's when you face somebody who knows you, it's no different than Samson playing behind me probably knows just as much as Kansas City or um, whoever else we've faced multiple times a year. Um, it's just going up there and, and throwing the ball. It's just your juices get going a little bit more when it's somebody you know and it's you want to make sure they don't get you. It's funny you mentioned that. I can remember that was always a deal back when Mark Hamburger was pitching for St. Paul and Reggie Abercrombie was with Winnipeg. They were good friends, and Hamburger said, hey, every at-bat, I'm going to give you one fastball, and that's all you're going to see. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's. I think when you when you play with somebody, especially long enough, and as and as good as people are, um, I think it's just that gamesmanship of, all right, I told him I'd give it to him. Here it is. Um, I don't think you say that and then you don't do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this year we'll see if he's in Lincoln and I'm in Sioux City. We'll be seeing a lot of each other. I don't know how many fastballs he'll be getting. <laughs> well, you, you gave him one already. So, you know, I mean, yeah. you can't say you've reneged on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gave him one, but we'll see. Depending on the score, depending on who's on, he might get another one. Over your years, have you developed that kind of rivalry with somebody, even good nature that you, around the American Association? Um, yeah, I would say there's a few guys on Cleburne. Uh, Chase Simpson's one of them. Um... Other than that, maybe a guy or two on Kansas City. But other than that, I don't feel like too many people like me in that. Is that enough to come up to us and have a good nature competition? Anytime we face somebody, it was late in the game with the game on the line. So if we if we struck somebody out or got them out, I don't think they're going to be too willing the next day to come up and talk to us. Do you find then that part of that 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 eighth ninth inning mentality because you always come out there as you were saying you you know you come out with a different persona about you you know that there's such a a hardened look to you that people might have the wrong impression about you because you know you guys have always been such good natured and fun to talk to but other you know an opponent may not see that yeah I could see that I mean even our hitting coach one day pointed it out and he goes because why do you guys always look like somebody killed your dog or something and we're like what are you talking about. He's like, I don't know. Every time you guys are coming out of the dugout, and we're like, well, what inning is it? I'm like, from pregame to like the fifth, we're fine. And then we go in, we do our thing, and we come outside. And I mean, that's pitching in that back end of the bullpen role. I think you kind of need that persona. Um, and me and him definitely had different personas, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, they might get a different perception of us. They might think that we're always angry and never having any fun, but anybody who knows the other side of us would say otherwise. I'd completely agree with that. Well, as I, I got to ask, if you're heading down to Mexico, if that should happen, are we are we fluent in Spanish, Nate? <laughs> we are not. Not fluent in Spanish. <laughs> so are we, are we going to be learning before we head down there if that happens? Yeah, we'll learn it if we have to. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, I haven't made any decisions yet. I'm just staying in shape and, and throwing for wherever I end up. Well, that's the neat thing about these phones nowadays where you just speak into it and then they just um, will spit it out in Spanish or you don't even have to learn the language anymore. You just got to make sure your phone's on. Yeah, exactly. There'll be somebody who can translate it or my phone. or I really just need to know what the catcher's putting down anyway. True. You you know, in watching some of those games down there, the atmosphere to those is just amazing. I mean, it just the, the people really get into that thing. I mean, th that looks like that's a lot of fun to play in Mexico. Oh, it it looks like a ton of fun and a ton of emotion, even from the fans. And I think that's why Matt thrived down there is because if there's one thing he brought to the table, it's going to be some antics and emotions and and all that stuff. And then to go along with that, he backed it up. Um, so they loved him down there. Now, is there any possibility, Nate, that in honor of Matt this year, they're going to get you in some green shoes? 
Um, I don't know about some green shoes, um, but I will say that um, I'll probably, wherever I do end up playing, I'll be playing with one of his gloves. Nice. That's, that's uh, fantastic. The only guy I've ever played with that would, he'd put his name, his number, and then he had an outline of his face uh, <laughs> on his gloves. And I'd always give him crap for it and, and all this. And I couldn't think of a better thing to do than, than pitch this season with one of those gloves. That's fantastic. Uh, well, in the meantime I here, what we have to think together would probably be to, to give me a pair of neon green cleats. <laughs> what, what, what does Nate Gherkin do in the off season when he's not warming up or practicing baseball? What, what other kind of things you got going on? Um, I'm a, I'm a pitching coach at a college, actually the college that I went to. Um, so that's, that's another reason why the winter ball thing kind of is always up in the air for me. It's I come home and I coach in the fall and winter and in the spring. And then usually as soon as our season's done, then I'm heading out to go play wherever I'm going. Um, so I'm not in Sioux city or playing or training. I'm doing something with baseball training or getting somebody else ready. So in the Bay area right now, well, awesome. I, I grew up in that area myself, so that's that's fantastic. So, yeah. Good I mean, weather out there right now? Unfortunately not. The last couple of weeks we've been getting cold, rainy, um, very not California-like weather. It's crazy these days, Nate, the way the weather's going. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. So, so what kind of pitching coach is Nate Gerken? Um... I would say I'm a player's coach, that's for sure. Uh, me and Matt would joke about it all the time because he would coach in the off season as well. And I, I mean, we always threw around the idea of what if me and him coached together, what kind of mess and how much fun we'd have doing that. Uh, but no, it's it just kind of they get as much from me as as they want. Uh, I'm not going to push anything on anybody. Um, in college, these guys are should be not grown men yet, but pretty close to it. And you got to kind of take the pro ball approach and, and you got to figure it out as you go and ask for help as you go and not going to hold anybody's hand. That's for sure. Do you see this as your eventual, when you decide to hang up your cleats as a player, do, do you see yourself getting into full-time coaching? Um, I wouldn't eliminate that option. Um, it's hard to say just because pitching coaching or just coaching jobs in general don't come up, come open every, uh, every so often. Um, I think I'm good at it. I definitely enjoy it. Um, but I hang up the cleat. Um, I don't know if I'll get that itch to be a part of the game still, or if I'd want to go do something else completely and get away from it. So are you more like Bobby or more like Steve? Ooh, in what way? We gotta <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, how about uh, demeanor as a pitching coach? We'll start with that. Demeanor as a pitching coach, probably more like Bobby. Um, I don't know how Steve is as a pitching coach. He claims that he's one, but that's still up for debate. <laughs> how about ability to teach? Ooh, ability to teach. Um. Probably just more Bobby style of teaching. Uh, that was a very tactful answer by you. <laughs> so <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Well, Dave, we appreciate you joining us here. Hey, this hey, week. Now, we, we got one more to ask oh, there. Oh, please, please go ahead. One more to add to this demeanor towards the umpire, Ooh. Bobby or Steve. See, that's a tough question because usually Bobby has to stay in it because if Steve gets thrown out, then Bobby's the assistant coach. Um, but I would say, I don't know. I've never played for another guy who's, who's stuck up for his guys more than those two. Um, if it wasn't Bobby or if it wasn't Mongo getting thrown, Bobby was just running right behind him. Um, and there were multiple times where 
I think it had to be 21. Um, Hope ended up getting thrown out of a, a game in the ninth inning. I think Mongo got thrown out, and then I think Bobby also got thrown out in that same inning. Um, so I'd say that's a tie. Those two, you're not going to find two other coaches that are going to stick up for their guys like those two are. Um, so I'd say that one's a tie. <laughs> Well, Nate, we appreciate you joining us for this week. But since you're a first-time guest, you, you, you might not know about this, but we give our guests the opportunity to talk about whatever they would like to to end the show. So whatever you'd like to talk about, the floor is yours. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, with everything going on and the recent events, I think just don't take anything for granted. Um, you never know when it's going to be your time or anybody else's time. So just live every day like it's your last and have fun and enjoy what you're doing and make sure you guys tell your loved ones that you love them and uh, live every day and be happy. That's all I got. Fantastic. Fantastic. Nate Gherkin, thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Well, Kevin, we always love the first-time guests, and uh, tough for Nate to come in here with the the news about Matt, but uh, it was great having him on the show here tonight. No doubt, and it was, um, you know, I think probably therapeutic for all of us to talk about Matt and how much he meant to the league and how much he meant as a teammate and, more importantly, as a friend. So it was good to have Nate on talking about him tonight. You know, they they always talk about, the the field is the sanctuary for for guys and and I wonder how much of that is true when the sanctuary is where you had your biggest loss and and um, so you know we're we're rooting out there for not only for Nate Sam uh, Nate Gherkin but Nate Sampson and and other guys out there who had been around Matt for a long time and you know are having to to return back to baseball and you know try to do business as usual that that probably is I would think is very difficult to do. Very difficult and, you know, easy for us on the outside to, to just say, well, you know, that that's what that's what Matt would have wanted. Well, no doubt, but it's um, sometimes the emotions involved just make it um, tough to try to find a new normal. Exactly. You want to honor your friend, but, you know, it's still, it's still kind of an unopened wound if you really get down to it, so... Well, we hope the best for him this year, and we're excited to hear if he winds up in Mexico or winds up back in Sioux City or where he goes. We know Nate will do a good job out there. And, you know, we, we, we joke, Kevin, because he, we know that he wanted that closers role. I, I hope that that winds up working out for him wherever he goes. No doubt about it. It would be good for him to get his opportunity. Well, Kevin, let's jump around the American Association and talk about transactions for this week. And uh, two that jumped out right off the bat this week. So Kansas City re-signed infielder Gio Brusa. Had a huge season starting out there with Lake Country. Was an all-star for the club, up to 15 homers before he got dealt to Kansas City. And big bat, you know, we're, we're used to the big bat in Kansas City, and that was a, a very nice re-signing by Joe Calfabietra. It was one of those things where, yeah, a guy, he just had a red-hot start like that, but it just, it seemed like um, he was, he had flatlined a bit for Lake Country, and we thought, well, maybe being in that lineup with the Monarchs would rejuvenate something, but it just didn't seem like we ever saw the Geo Brusa that we saw in May, June, and early July, so it'll be interesting to see how he starts off with the Monarchs. You know, I can remember... Burt Reynolds one season with, um, I believe he started the year at Texas, had a ton of home runs, got dealt later in the year, and after the All-Star break just couldn't um, couldn't generate much. So, you know, baseball's kind of fickle like that. But we'll see what Bruce does. Fresh start, um, first full year in Kansas City. I'm sure it'll be, as usual in Kansas City, it'll be a murderer's role around him in the lineup. Very true. Burt Reynolds, boy, that is a name I haven't heard in a while there. So I like that guy. Very nice young man. Uh, also for Kansas City, Kevin, they uh, signed right-handed pitcher Carlos Sanabria. That officially has Kansas City signed up to nine guys right now. But, again, uh, as Anthony Brown told us last week, probably a lot more behind that. Uh, 
in Kane County, though, a, a former Kansas City Monarch joining George Samus up there with the uh, Cougars is Pete Kozma, the former major leaguer, joins the team. It was, um, I thought that was interesting to see Kozma go to the Cougars. I, I don't know if it's a situation where maybe Kansas City already has um, so many vets or if Cosmo was asking for too much to play there or what the deal was. But, you know, just another one of those things where um, Cosmo goes and plays for Joe Calfapietra's good friend with George Samus in Kane County. I know Samus will like having a steady infielder in Cosmo playing in his lineup this year. Absolutely. And he loves that shortstop guy who can – who can pick the ground ball, and that's that's Pete right there for you. Well, you know, it's weird because I thought they had already signed Galley Cripps, who was also a very good fielder. So maybe Cosmo slides over to second base. We'll see how that works out. Yeah, nice double play combination there for sure. Um, heading down to Cleburne. Well, actually, we'll start with Milwaukee. My apologies. Ryan Zimmerman resigns with the team, a guy we've liked for a while, Kevin. We've, we've seen him kind of grow up as a professional ball player and, and you know, has done a fine job for the Milwaukee Club. Well, yeah, it'll be. I not totally sure, but you know, not to play national choir or anything. But I believe he got married during the off season, so this could be as uh, he's either engaged or got married. I forget which, but good to see that he'll be back for another season of independent baseball with the Milwaukee Milkman. It seems like he's um really made Milwaukee home. Obviously enjoys playing out there. It'll be his third full season with the Milkmen. Absolutely. Milwaukee also re-signs infielder Miguel Gomez. Uh, Anthony Brown talked to us last week about it was likely he was going to be returning back to the team. He's excited about Miguel Gomez because he, he thought he's the guy who's going to have a huge year for the team this season. Yeah, it's... Uh... Just another piece coming together for Milkman, and it just looks like they're just going to have a real, real incredible lineup. So, you know, I guess if I'm a pitcher, that's uh, another selling point as to why I want to go pitch in Milwaukee. You, probably most nights are going to get some run support. And we haven't even gotten to Keon Barnum yet, too, Kevin. So, so yeah, you know, no doubt. <laughs> lineup's going to get even more brutal. Uh, Lake Country, they returned the contract of left-handed pitcher Kyle Lobstein back to Tijuana. Uh, also, they signed Carlos D. Diaz and Demetrius Sims, the infielder. Diaz is one of those guys, Kevin, that, you know, he's shown that he can be a great closer in this league. Had a little bit of a rough spell when he joined Lake Country, which a lot of that bullpen was having last season. I, you know, to be honest with you, I think if this team is going to compete, Diaz is really a key for them. Indeed, and I know he's probably goes into the season feel like he's got something to prove to to the Lake Country franchise because he just did not seem like the Carlos Diaz we knew from the Kansas City Monarchs when he came to pitch for Lake Country late last season. Absolutely, it was a guy you know we've seen have some some great and great years with the Kansas City Monarchs and. I believe he was even re-signed a couple of times by affiliate clubs, but uh, just just didn't get the the mojo going for him last year. So let's hope that uh, he winds up doing well. Uh, in Fargo, Kevin uh, re-signed Kevin McGovern and Leobaldo Pena yesterday. I don't think we're surprised by either one of those moves, and it'd be interesting to see what both these guys have in the tank. They're both incredible competitors, so we know they're going to come in with everything they got. That's why when you hear people talk about retiring in August and September, you take it for face value because once the new year rolls around and the body starts feeling better, you get the itch, and before you know it, you're back for another year of the grind. And that'll be the case with Kevin McGovern. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm wondering if you're Leobaldo Pena, how do you how do you top last season? You know, and you had the the game winning hit in game five in the tenth inning. Walk off hit like that, uh, basking in the glory, I guess, the season as you're moving forward. So, uh, Sioux Falls re-signs outfielder Wyatt Ulrich, a guy we really like, Kevin. And I like this outfield. I, I got to tell you, Kevin, I, I'm liking Mike Hart 
Hunter Clannon and Wyatt Ulrich with Jabari Henry as the designated hitter. I, I think this is going to be a very solid group for this team. I think so, too. And it seems like Ulrich has found himself a niche in Sioux Falls. As a, you know, he's not going to hit 15, 20 home runs, but he's a guy that um, has a very good batting average, can get himself on base, can run a bit, and cover some ground in the outfield. So I think it's a very nice signing for the Canaries. The two busiest teams of the week, we'll start with Cleburne. They sign infielder Ryan Hernandez. They release infielder Casey Clemens uh, and right-handed pitcher Alejandro Racania. Racania uh, never worked out his visa situation last year and was not able to pitch for the club, so not surprising that he wound up being released. Um, they sign right-handed pitcher Chandler Casey and right-handed pitcher Joe Shaw and then deal uh, Jacob Bockley to Winnipeg uh, in a a bit of a surprise move, but with Ryan Hernandez coming in with a big bat at first base, there was really no room, I guess, for Jacob up there. So um, Logan Watkins looks like he has that lineup pretty much set for the season with a still a few spots and a couple of vet spots that he got out there. So very tough Cleveland Railroaders team this year, Kevin. No doubt, and I'm sure compared to the state of flux uh, railroaders were in the beginning last season i'm sure it's got to be refreshing going into training camp pretty much knowing what your starting lineup is going to be Bockley, you know he had a year of facing american association pitching and the results were a little mixed but you know we'll see how that year one experience carries over to a fresh start and a full season in winnipeg well, he's got some big shoes to fill, Kevin. I'm thinking he's going to wind up taking over that first base spot for David Washington, and that's, that's you know, a guy who had come off a 30-home run year. That's some pretty big shoes that you're filling there. Well, we'll wait and see. Maybe Washington will be back. Maybe he won't. So see how that situation plays out. Could be true. Well, well our, our good buddy Greg Taggart has been very busy with the gold eyes this week. Uh, so we're going to start out here with, it began with Ian Sagdahl decided to retire. Um, I think that was not a surprise to the team at all. He was kind of leaning toward that after the season was over. So um, they re-signed outfielder Trey Holmes, as well as left-handed pitcher Travis Seabrook. They make the deal to get Bockley. They also made two deals this week um, that happened today, as a matter of fact. So I think that you say this is Freesis Adamas. I don't think I'm saying that. Yes, right I think you nailed that. Oh, I didn't nail it. Look at me. That, the first time ever. Um, and Alex Hart wound up going to Sussex County to bring in Rob uh, Klinchik. And they also trade uh, John Vargas to Evansville for Andy Armstrong. as well. As, and then Armstrong got signed right away. So Greg Taggart looking to get this club moving right now. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very interested to see what this Winnipeg Gold Eyes Club looks like when we get to opening day. I am, too. As of now, I got a feeling it's going to be a hybrid of the kind of teams that he had in Gary that puts the emphasis on a small ball with some guys mixed in, like a Max Murphy that can play the power game, too. And last but not least, the Chicago Dogs re-signed catcher Ryan Lidge, which we are both happy to see. We like Ryan a lot, and uh, sad that he's not going to be joining some minor league team because he, he seemed... Like, he had some good prospects out there when we talked to him a couple of months ago. But um, unfortunately, well, fortunately for us, we get to watch him play in Chicago. It's just kind of sad that he didn't get that shot to be in some some affiliate club. You'd think he'd get something out there. Yeah, double-edged sword, you know. Um, enjoy watching him play. Would have liked to have not seen him play anymore. But if he's going to be back playing somewhere, it's um, good that he's back to this league. Absolutely. If you're going to be playing, this is the spot we want you playing in. Uh, let's talk a little bit about American Association that they're talking about on their website. The the, uh, the league had a list of players that are appearing um, for in the World Baseball Classic, which I believe starts in a four or five days, if I'm right about that. I don't remember exactly, but lots of them, former American Association guys out there um, playing. Uh, former A lot of former guys for Team China, as a matter of fact. Uh, playing out there, and um, I'm trying to think who's so Jose Espado. We seen with Milwaukee played last year, and uh, we're looking at. I know I saw a couple of other guys from last season. Vance Worley is going to be pitching for Team Great Britain. So is Darnell Sweeney, and 
Then I think we have one more from this last season. No, that was it. Okay, so three guys from this past season are going to be playing for... Oh, uh, okay, yeah, Alexis Rivero is playing for Venezuela. Okay, so excellent. So four guys out there playing for teams that played in the American Association last year. So congratulations, you guys. Hope you. I know you'll represent your country and the league well. So that's awesome. Uh, Do we the know is still like the, 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 the Chinese Air Hogs, are they going to be representing China in this thing? I believe so, because there are Li Ning. Uh, we got to catch in, with Texas. So there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 guys who played for Texas in 18 or 19 that are playing for the Chinese team. Okay, so the right. 11 with their coach. With the coach is also the other one. So, um, And Chen Chen. We liked him. I'm trying to remember what Jose. guy had that name that we all loved. And yes, Chen Chen. Yeah, when he faced Jose Jose, that was one of the best times of the year. We, we liked that. But uh, Luan Chen Chen also is another Chen Chen out there that uh, is playing. And uh, so good luck to them out there. That, the, that program I kind of took a backseat, then was trying to rebuild with the Air Hogs, and then kind of was in a backseat again, but has had some success in the Asian games recently. And so, you know, maybe they'll come out and do something. So that'd be awesome. We could say him when we, we saw him win, Kevin, is what we could tell him. So that's fantastic. Uh, let's see what else we got going on. So uh, American Association also looking still to fill those spots for a, um, what are they calling this thing, uh, a media personality. Yeah, I guess filling Carter Woodale's role after he left to go take over the Kansas City Monarchs play-by-play -play, uh, position. So um, if you're interested, get out there and apply for that job. And we saw that Southern Recognition Ads uh, has become the official partner. I think that they're providing rings to the American Association. Is that what I remember out of this, Kevin? Or, yeah, Hall of Fame rings so, and championship yes. rings. Yes. So, um, so Southern Recognition. So that's uh, continuing to make new partnerships around the league out there. Josh and Josh doing a fantastic job at that. I think that covers that, Kevin. Yeah, so let's jump into... <laughs> Darn right. Let's jump into uh, Frontierland League transactions. Obviously, we, we talked about the ones with Winnipeg already. A, a blast from the past, Kevin. Dennis Phipps goes to the Charleston Dirty Birds from the Tri-City Valley Cats. Man, he was just a phenomenal player. I believe both for both Texas, Grand Prairie, and Laredo, if I remember correctly, for about three or four years. And uh, was, Am I remembering that right? Was 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 he with those two teams? Yes, isn't he like forty two now? Or <laughs> it has seemed that way. I'm going to look it up. We're going to we're going to see if that's officially true, because uh, the former major leaguer played a year in Cincinnati. Oh, so he played for Cincinnati back in 2012. So I should tell you, he's he's probably getting up there a little bit. So 36, Kevin, right now is Dennis Phipps. I know, like with college hockey, we always joke that there's like some guys that just swear have been um on their team for six, seven years. And to me, it just seems like Dennis Phipps has just been in independent ball forever. He will be 37 in July. So that's, that's man, you, you go, Dennis. You're making Kevin and I feel like we're not as old as we, as, we, as everybody else thinks we are. So I don't even think so I could throw a ball when I was 37. <laughs> well, you got to look at this, though. Last year in Tri-City, he wound up hitting 296, so... Uh, he may be getting older, rather. Thirty-three homers for Tri City. Oh wow! Man, yeah, I'm, I'm Dennis. We we bowed on to you. That's 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 pretty awesome. So good for you. I'm not. I'm not Chopping bad up for the old guys. <laughs> that's that's right. Young young whippersnappers, you got nothing. Uh, let's see. Then we we'll jump into the Atlantic League. The Frederick Club has officially closed down their promotion on the team names for this year. I did not see, I mean, they didn't list what, what they're eventually going with here or not, but uh, I'm sure there's going to be some voting on that down the road. But uh, so I guess we have to wait out to find out what, what official names they're considering here. Cause the, the 4,000 entries were supplied to the club. So we'll see what they have to offer. Uh, they are just, I believe about five weeks away from, maybe six from the Atlantic League season um, getting underway. And the biggest signing out of this, because Kevin and I were a little interested about this when we saw him released, was T.J. Bennett signed 
with the high point rockers out there. So I, I thought that was a nice move by dad to, to open it up the door for his son to go play in the Atlantic league. If that's where he thought was a better opportunity to, you know, to get back into affiliate ball, I, you know, pat dad on the back for that one, Kevin. Yeah. I mean, who knows what the end game is here? Does he start off the year with them and maybe end up in back in Lake country after all, or is this more like a tryout for him? It goes well. Does he stick with them? He'll be interested to see how that all plays out. Well, there are a lot of former uh, American Association guys signing out there. Dakota Freezy signed with Lexington. Um, Brian Blanton signed with Gastonia. Uh, Todd Van Cecil signed with Gastonia as well. Um, Kelly Dugan, or maybe it was Duggan, uh, was first baseman for Winnipeg a few years ago, signed with Lang Lancaster. Uh, I'm I'm not going to name them all because there's literally about 50 of them here as I'm looking across this list. So, um, you know, Atlantic League knowing where to get the best talent. That's all I got to say. Get it at the American Association because that's where guys are the best. And I think that is it where we are at for American Association News. Did it, was there any other press releases that I might have missed, Kevin, that you can think of? Or uh, I don't think so. I think we covered everything. No, Why I not? don't think. I don't, Think so. There's no press conferences from uh, Bull and Alley at midnight or anything. So <laughs> there was an owners meeting. Was. There was an owners meeting a couple of weeks ago that uh, the league was talking about providing some information. That did not happen. So my brown nosing period ended right now. But nice if they would have given us something to talk about. So. Um, but, well, but Kevin, the only thing I got out of that was um, half the owners couldn't make it because of the uh, the weather at the time. So uh, about half the owners um, did Zoom for the meeting, and half of them were there. Kevin, I think that you and I should officially pat Greg Taggart on the back today, though, because he made these two trades and announced them on a Monday. I thought, I thought that was pretty nice of him. Yes, that was more like it. Other teams, you, be be like Greg. That's what we're talking about. We're not asking for much. The Saturday, Sunday, Monday trades. I and, mean, you know, big big time signing days for you. That, that's all we're asking. Uh, you know, Chicago came out with Ryan Liz today. That was pretty nice of him. You know, McGovern and Leobaldo Pena yesterday. That was awfully nice of Fargo. I mean, that, see, that, that's looking out for you and I. And I'm, I'm glad these managers are listening to us. We're, we're thankful for that. So, yeah, so besides that thankful thought, besides that thankful thought there, Kevin, what's our uh, final thought for this week? Uh, it's not going to be a final thought as much as it's going to be a public service announcement. And I believe I forgot where I read the scoop, but I passed it on to you. As far as the, for anyone out there that subscribes to MILB.TV this year, if you do that, but you are a T-Mobile customer, this season, MILB.TV will be a part of MLB.TV. So if you got a subscrip subscription that automatically renews the MILB.TV, go out there and unsubscribe because it sounds like if you get the MLB.TV, you'll have MILB.TV also. So so don't um, don't pay 50 bucks for something that you don't have to pay any money for. and Geez, just think we're less than a month away from having MLB and MILB games going on. So at least one season's getting to be a little closer. So that's my thought for tonight, trying to save you folks some money. And that is an awesome thought that I already took advantage of myself. See, Kevin Luco taking care of American Association fans out there. So appreciate that very much. We want to once again thank Nate Gergen for joining us this week. Next week, I'm looking to have Kevin McGovern on the show after re-signing. He hasn't given me his official, uh, he'll be here, but uh, Kevin's always been a good guest, so I'm sure he will join Kevin and I gladly to uh, be part of the show for next week. So for Kevin Luco, I'm Rob Panier. We'll see you next time on This Week in the Association.